Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. So it's the B&E Podcast with Brandon and Evan here. And we have a really exciting topic, which we discussed in length before we got onto this podcast. So it's well thought out. Yeah. It's uh, trust process over progress. And here's why. And here is why. Here's why. And it was actually quite the process that uh, <laughs> yeah. led us to the topic. <laughs> <laughs> Being too attached to the result. You know, that's something we kind of talked about. And, you know, I think... Um, it was interesting because, you know, there's a, you know, we'll get together and we usually think of the podcast topic that we're going to discuss on uh, Wednesdays, at least when we show up and we talk a bit about it. And usually we come up with it pretty quick, but today we had a, I mean, we talked for literally like, I think a couple hours beforehand, um, just talking about what's going on in our lives, our current process, you know, the certain, certain place that we're in or the place we were in and the place we're in now and how being where we each are now has helped us to see things differently than we ever could have before. And so then we related that back to, yeah, this is a process. And, and if you get too obsessed with getting somewhere, you might miss where you actually are and where you need to be to be able to see what is actually most valuable for you. And we'll get into that a little more as we go. Yeah. Yeah. So man, this is after that explanation, I'm like, well, this is a, this is, this is getting serious. <laughs> well, you can tell it's well thought out because we actually <laughs> articulated it properly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least I hope <laughs> least, so. I think so. Um, yeah, no. And, um, I think this is a really great, great topic for us as artists. And it's, and it's something that I know I've had a lot of experience with, you know, quite directly where, um, you know, I think it's an important thing to, to get into because, you know, I've been in those situations where, you know, I, I have this project or this, uh, you know, the script that I'm working on or this part or, or this monologue or whatever the hell it is. And, um, and just been like, you know, really ragging on myself, really being really hard on myself in terms of the progress that I'm making or what I feel is usually the lack of progress that I'm making. And, only to have something happen within that time that is a complete game changer in how I approach the whole thing. Mm. Uh, so then you have to say, it's like, well, okay, so was that time wasted? Mm -hmm. Really? Like, was that, because oftentimes I find that even though I might not necessarily be writing something or I'm not doing a deliberate action. I've got stuff just churning, churning and chewing. Although I always, I strongly encourage people to always like as artists have, have some way of putting these ideas down, Yeah, you know, whether like that's just like in a journal, which again, I'm a huge advocate for, like if you're an artist, start journaling. <laughs> Like just find a way to incorporate it into your day mm -hmm. in some way and like sit down for like 10, 
15 minutes and just like stream of consciousness, just like start throwing your ideas down onto something, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be on this outline or into the actual script, but just put it, just start writing it, just get it out of your head to yeah. a certain degree. Um, I also think that if people, I, I journal every day, but, um, you know, it's, it's actually, uh, cause I've been, I've been just watching a lot of videos. There's so much access to amazing information online and, you know, it's something that I've been making sure to make an effort of getting more of, get my hands on more. But they say now a recent study is that geniuses talk to themselves out loud. And the reason why is that when you talk out loud, you're organizing your thoughts because you have to articulate them. Same with writing, but um, you actually, um, you know, by having a conversation with yourself, by thinking out loud, it actually creates clarity, it creates focus, and it's um, a really important thing. So if you don't like to write or for whatever reason you're not able to write, I think go out into the woods or go somewhere private or go in your washroom or whatever and just have a conversation with yourself and talk things out and go, I'm thinking about this and whatever. And it might seem silly at first, but I think it's really important because, you know, there's so many times where, uh, I've journaled and when I've sat down and I go, I got nothing to write. And then I start writing and then I start realizing, well, there's this, all this stuff going on. And I think what ends up happening is this is why we got to value process over progress, because I think we often, we don't value our process unless we're getting these really great results. And then we're like, oh, well, then the process was really great because the results verified it, the progress verified it. But I don't think you need progress to verify that you're actually making progress, you know, like, yeah. you know, I think you need um, some type of external result. And I think uh, speaking out loud, um, journaling, or just have a conversation with a friend, you know, these conversations we're having have been huge for my process because we're articulating our ideas. And I'm not saying that we're experts and that we know exactly all the best answers, but by having a conversation, we have to organize how we're going to say it to each other. Then you, then you bounce it off. May I bounce it off you? And we kind of interact with it and we go, okay, well maybe this works, maybe it doesn't work. And I think every podcast, we make it a little further. And I think if you get too caught up in making progress, you forget what you're actually doing, which is actually the most important thing. And which actually is progress that I think you're failing to recognize yes. as well, you know, and, and sometimes progress, like I know just recently, um, something that I've been going through is taking a step back from something that I've been working on, you know, where it was just like, everything was just kind of becoming really loud and unfocused and, and, you know, just really cloudy and, and I just could not see anything. Right. And it was actually a very difficult thing for me to, to actually say to myself, it's okay. Don't think about it for a while. Just like take a step back. Right. And it's weird because the moment I kind of allowed myself to do that within a few days, I got all sorts of clarity on that exact thing that I was struggling with. Mm. <laughs> so it's, and, and we've talked about presence and a lot. And I think presence is a great thing that pertains to this because mm. when you are present with your process, um, you're able to 
recognize these little gifts, these little things that, that kind of come up that help you in your process. Right. Yeah. Um, but when you are so focused on whatever your concept of progress is, when you have this, this idea of what that looks like, uh, you know, you, it can become such a, a frustrating, um, situation where you really start to get down on yourself, really start to beat yourself up. Uh, and it's like, well, if you're present, you might be able to recognize that the place that you're at is exactly where you need to be and that you're getting everything that you need to help you move forward. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's like that in so many things. What I mean is, is that you are making progress but you will not see the result. You will not see evidence of it in the material world, in the, in the external world. And you might not feel it internally either. But, um, you know, if you want to work out, you want to build some muscle, you know, you're going to go to the gym. First thing's going to happen. You're going to inflate right away. You know, you're going to see blood in your muscles that you've never had there before. You're going to feel like you put on some size, some strength. And then when you start work, you're going to get sore too, but then you're going to start working out and you're going to hit a point where you're not really seeing a lot of big gains. But what's happening right now is you're building strength. You're building, um, you know, you're building your form, you're building, you know, all sorts of things. And it's like that with everything. And I think that when we get so caught up in progress, you know, we get really frustrated with things. And I'm just talking about this with most people that I've ever met, because we start to feel like I'm not getting anywhere. I'm putting all this effort, all this work in, and I'm not getting anywhere. And the thing is, is that, you know, you have to understand there's a one, one basic principle about life. If you put work into something, if you put effort into something, if you try to get better at something, whether you see progress or results or not, guaranteed you are making them. And I think this is the thing about process is process is understanding that it's important. I do this right now, not necessarily that right now I get where I think I need to be. And I think that's what we're trying to separate because, you know, I think we get so caught up in progress. We get so caught up in these results. We forget that there's, there's a bridge to cross to get to any destination you want. And, you know, you don't just get to say, um, and it would suck if we did, if you got to just transport to be like, okay, I want to be a movie star today. So now boom, you're a movie star. If you cut out the bridge, it won't matter. I mean, everybody's just goes, boom, I want to be a movie star. You know what I mean? Or boom, I want to be a rock star. Boom. I want to be, you know, Van Gogh, whatever. Thing is, is that we need to, we need to understand that the process is the bridge and the bridge is beautiful. The bridge is where we define ourselves as artists. So when we make that progress, we get to whatever that result looks like we, the journey is what made it matter. And so I think that we need to really always check in and be like, this bridge is fucking awesome. You know what I mean? (laughs) This bridge is awesome. Like whatever's on the other side of this, that'll be interesting too. But right now I'm on the bridge and this is amazing. I think that, that if you did that, if, if we all did that and it's something I'm really actively aiming to do right now in my life, is I, and I finding it's really working. I'm in this constant state of joy with a few blips of being upset. Whereas I would say before I took on this model, I was mostly upset, mostly disappointed, mostly discouraged. And then I would have these few blips of feeling good because things will work out. Yeah. It's, 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 I think we got to flip the paradigm, you know, 
Stop worrying so much about progress. Start focusing more on process. And it's, it, you know, I always like, and I, I like hiking. Um, you know, and I think uh, we, I go to a lot of hikes with my friends and we end up, you know, being in Vancouver, there's lots of great places you can go where there's a great view at the end. And it's interesting hiking with people. I love hiking with people. But some people just really love the conversation and the hike and we're taken in the nature. And some people get so focused on the end result. Oh, how long until we're there? You know, um, you know, what's it like? Oh, the car, you know, got to make sure you get, move the car by this time or whatever. And it's interesting because like hiking is a great example of life. Like there really is no point in like, you can go hiking for the view, but if you go for the view, you just get this last little bit. But if you enjoy the hike and the view can be a great reward, but I really enjoy the actual hike. And I'm trying to take that model more into my life. And I mean, why do I hike? I mean, I hike because I like to get out of nature. It clears my mind and also it gets me fit and uh, get some fresh air. And, and if I go with a friend, I get a conversation. If I go by my own, I get to think a little bit on my own and get moving and it accesses my brain in a way that's not normal. Yeah. This is process, you know? So like, I, I, this is, this is the direction I'm pushing. That's yeah. All. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, I can relate to that. Like I love, I love hiking. It's, it's definitely one of my favorite just sort of like activities, especially like it can really, it really can, it can give you that perspective. It can clear your head. Um, and if you're in the middle of a process, going for a hike can actually give you clarity on what's happening within your process totally. too, as a, just a straight up practical thing. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, I know when I've told people about some of like the, the great hikes that I've, I've gone on, you know, some of them and lots of them have like these spectacular views at the end of it, but that's not why I've gone on the hike. I didn't go on the hike to get to see this view. You know, I went on the hike because I love to go hiking. Yeah. You know, I love to just be out there in that, in that air, in that quietness, in that nature, um, you know, to sort of be with my thoughts, you know, and have, have sort of nothing not much else except for like the next step, the next sort of, you know, rock to get over the next, (laughs) right? Like it's just, it's, there's something so beautiful in its simplicity of what it does. And it's, and it is, it's all part of, it kind of illustrates process to a, to a large degree and why that is more valuable. Right. But you have to be present to it, right? Like not all people are always present and and they don't always appreciate, like you said, there's people who are like, how much longer we got? Like, where are we, where are we getting to this thing? And and I mean that, I mean, there's a lot of past and future sort of stuff that I think is entering into that from what you're saying. That's, you know, that's the interesting thing. I think that's the kick we're on really right now. A lot of these podcasts is the past and the future. And, uh, um, maybe we've had more conversations offline about it than we have had online yet. But, um, yeah, I mean the, the past and the thing that I'm recognizing more and more right now is the past and the present or the past and the future are valuable in the sense that there's lots to learn from the past and the future gives you great direction. It is only useful if it's helping you, if you're learning a lesson, if you're using it to inform the moment or if you're using it to direct the moment, if you're using it to focus yourself, you know, point yourself in a direction. But if you're using it to create fear for yourself, or if you're using it to create, you know, anxiety, or you're using it to create guilt and and pain and whatever, 
it's hurting you. It's poisoning your moment right now. And I think that we have these things and they're great tools to use, but they have to be used appropriately. And I would, I want to suggest to our audience out there listening is that it's as though you have a knife in your hand and this knife can do great things. You know, it can, it can cut things. It can open things. It can do a bunch of wonderful things. But if you turn it on yourself and run it along your skin and point at yourself, it will do that, but it'll damage you. And I think what happens is when we get, when we feel guilt about the past and we feel fear about the future, that's us turning the knife on ourselves. If we do it for more than the first time, you know, like the first initial time you feel fear, you go, okay, what am I scared of? What am I scared that I'm walking into? That's a valid, important thing to consider. Then you make a decision. You know, they say, once you make a decision, you make it once and then you never make it again. That's Mm -hmm. the best way to make a decision. So if you, if you, um, take that on, then you should never, well, why would you ever feel fear again? If you've, you know, I feel fear, but I'm going to do it anyway. So this fear is going to keep me on my toes. It's going to inform me. It's going to help me. It's going to keep me sharp. Great. It's helping you. But if you're using fear to somehow limit you or stop you from doing something in the future, I want to talk to this. I want to talk to this woman. She's beautiful, but she's smart. She's intelligent. She's, you know, powerful, wealthy, whatever. He switch. It doesn't matter. And I go, I'm scared. I don't feel good enough. Okay, great. I check in. I don't feel good enough. So then I go check in. I go, well, what, you know, I can look at it and go like, is this an appropriate place to talk to her? What's this fear about? Is it, is it really that I don't feel good enough or is that whatever? And then I can go, well, you know what? I just felt fear for a moment. Now I can make a decision. Okay. I'm not going to talk to her. I'm going to talk to her. If I decide I'm not going to talk to her, okay, great. Move on. No problem. If I'm going to talk to her, great. I might still feel the fear going up to her just like, you know, whatever. And verse it, if you're a woman for a man or a man for a man or a woman for a woman, whatever, doesn't matter. You go up to this person, it could be business. It doesn't even have to be a relationship. You feel the fear, but it informs you, keeps you on your toes, keeps you sharp. And then you might just go, you know what? Well, you're talking to the person. Okay. I'm a little afraid. I'm a little afraid to talk to this person. First thing I do. Hey, how's it going? How's your day? You know, find something they're doing, pay attention to this little detail they're doing. You know, they're making a coffee or at the coffee stop, you know, you put enough sugar in there or what? <laughs> Say something, have some fun, play with it, see what happens. What's the worst thing's going to happen, right? And this is the thing is I think what happens is we use this knife against ourselves. We use it to like literally slit our own throats and we, we kill off our dreams. We kill off our potential, but in the, it, it's just a tool, you know, the past and the future. And I think like when you're present, the past, the future inform the present and that's it, you know, and, and you use it to inform the present or poison the present as we talked about in that last podcast. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, you, it can either be something that stops you either way, or it can be something that basically to, yeah, like it directs you, it directs you to more joy. You can use it to direct you to the joy in the present moment. Right. Right. Um, And yeah, and, and sometimes I find like, you know, in the process, uncomfortable stuff comes up, you know, and, uh, and that's part of the process and that's part of the thing that you need to trust. And sometimes it's, it's really great to explore within your process. You know, like if you, especially if you, you can not, if if you can kind of create some distance between yourself and whatever that thing is, you know, really try and be objective about this thing. It's like, Oh, this is really bringing this up for me right now. Like Mm -hmm. you're saying, you know, this, I've, this is, Ooh, this has got a lot of fear happening 
for me. Well, what, what is this all about? Right? Like we're so, we're so trained and conditioned that, you know, these things come up and we, we put a lid on them, Mm -hmm. you know, we silence them, we suppress them. And, you know, and the result of doing things like that is, oh, Hey, you know, I've just spent the last three days sitting on the couch watching Netflix or, Hey, um, you know, I've basically been like getting like almost drunk, like every night of the week or, you know, they, these things manifest themselves in some way. Yeah. Um, at least that's how I see it. Well, and not that drinking or watching Netflix is a problem. No, the problem is, is that if you're using it to avoid actually experiencing your life the way you want to experience it, because you're too scared or whatever the past or the future is, that's the issue. Yeah. It becomes too uncomfortable. And the thing is, is that, and this is from my experience of, of it now is that when I actually take the time to take a look at these things, to really explore these things that come up that are making me uncomfortable, that are putting up blocks and barriers for me that like create are creating these senses of, of fear in terms of like going for something or creating these things of doubt, like based on like past experiences of like, Oh, who am I to do something like this? You know, it's like, okay, that, that comes from somewhere that all came from, you know, it started at some point in your life, something happened, you know, and without getting, you know, I don't want to be anybody's therapist here, but like it, there was a point where some, something shifted for you that Mm -hmm. told you that this is not okay, or you can't do this, or you're not good enough or whatever it is. And when we don't bring these things out and when you're in creative process, these, it is one of those grounds that we engage in where those things come up. I don't think there's any real way of avoiding that. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're in, when you're in your creative process, your shit is going to come up. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I think I talked about this a little while ago. I'm like, I'm not, I don't have a quite a clear thesis on this whole <laughs> thing yet, but I'm like, for whatever reason, as artists, we're, it, it makes us, it opens us up um, to these things and makes us in some ways more vulnerable to these things. Uh, and that's important to keep in mind. It's important for us to know that as we are embarking upon, you know, writing this next album or this next novel or, um, playing this next part that while we're engaged in this process, our, sort of our shadows and, and some of our, our skeletons are going to come out for whatever reason, Mm. you know, and those are those things of, of doubt and fear and who am I and all that kind of crap. It just does. Mm -hmm. It just does. I don't know why, (laughs) (laughs) but it will happen. And the, and they don't teach you this. No. no, nobody teaches you this in schools, but that's why we're having this. Conversation. And that's why we're having this conversation. Exactly. Um, is, is that we need to have a way of knowing how to work with it. Yeah. As instead of trying to shield it, because otherwise it does manifest itself in these destructive, um, these destructive sort of habits and behaviors, which, I mean, you can point to so many different artists throughout the years who, who 
have gone so deep into these things, right? This is why I believe that this is true about the creative process is we'll, we'll look at how many artists over the years have been so self-destructive, right. even despite the beautiful things that they create. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, it really brings you up against yourself when you engage with it. So my advice is always just, just like, well, look at it, be with it. Don't like the more that you try and silence it, the more that you try and pretend that it's not there. Uh, the more it, it sort of, it's just starts to rot you out from the inside, mm-hmm. you know, it just like it, it just starts to spread like, and, and rot you and full on, full on until you have no choice, but to, to deal with it or completely implode or give into it or, or whatever, or yeah. give into it. And so look at these things like out of a sense of curiosity. And this is what I mean, like try not to, to attach yourself to it too much. You know, you'll recognize the feeling when it comes up because it's whatever, it's basically any feeling that comes up during your process, which is uncomfortable. You're like, this is uncomfortable. This is pushing up against my boundaries. This is freaking me out. This is whatever the hell it's anything along those lines. That's when you know something's coming up for you. (laughs) So now you go, okay, well, what is this? You know, and maybe that means taking a little step back, you know, and whoa, geez, got some big, big truck big coming trucks by here. rolling by making ah. it challenging. Yes. <laughs> and uncomfortable. <laughs> what is that? Um, <laughs> we have the windows open. It's a hot day. People. It is, yeah. Warm and muggy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so getting back to it. Yeah. And sometimes it, it does mean like it's, it's okay to take a little step back and like, especially if you're coming up against something really like a really big block for you, something that's really screaming at you to stop what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you ever have to stop what you're doing, but sometimes it does mean like, we'll take a moment and listen to this thing that's telling you to stop what you're doing. Yeah. And, and say like, well, what is this? What well, the hell is this thing? That's like not wanting me to do this thing that I really feel compelled to do. Yeah you know, because it will, like, even though we have these passions and these things that we love to use, like, Oh, I'm so excited about this. Like, it doesn't matter how excited you are when at that inspiration point, you're going to start doing it and you're going to get smashed in the face with, with one of these things, most likely, unless you're one of those super healthy artists who do exist out there. (laughs) But even I think no matter what artists are, are constantly coming up against a new sort of, a new sort of block, a new barrier that, that needs to be, um, that needs to be just witnessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. Uh, yeah. I think, um, well, when you, when you, when you talk about that, like how have you, how have you personally like found that for yourself to be the case where, you know, you, you have that experience what you're talking about? Oh, well, um, like for myself, like I would say like my, my biggest sort of blocks, and this is in my life, like my biggest block in my life. And so it's my biggest block in, in my creating, um, is always this thing of being good enough, Hmm. uh, of not feeling good enough to do something, you know, like, and that, who am I question? Right. Um, and, uh, 
and that is something that I, I'm still battling with. Like I'm, I'm so much more aware of it. So it has less power over me now and it still gets in my way. But, um, for like for years and years and years, uh, I just, you know, I coming out of like acting classes or, you know, doing like a performance, like as an actor, it was just this continual thing of dissatisfaction and just being like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I, I I was criticized. Uh, like I never wanted to be criticized right for, for my work. It was just like, no, it didn't matter if like (laughs) everything was good. If there was one, one thing that there was a comment on or a thing, criticism, it was shit. Right. Right. Uh, and so it's this whole thing. Oh, I'm not good enough. Not good enough. It was just like, that was a validation to me that, you know, that it was true. Right. And, and I never looked at, at what that was because now me telling you that, that seems very obviously clear that that's not a very healthy way of trying to be an artist, <laughs> right? If that's, if that's the standard or if that's the way that you are treating yourself and mm-hmm. judging yourself in your process, like uh, it, it makes it almost impossible. And then it creates all of this fear, all of this anxiety about stepping out. And I never really knew what that was. So I would just continually look for the next class, do the next class, look for the next thing that was just going to, you know, that little technique, you know, oh, I'm going to learn this technique or I'm going to learn this little thing and it's going to make everything okay. Mm-hmm. And it's only been more recently in life where I'm like, okay, no, it's comes out of this belief that I formed many, many years ago that I'm not good enough. So now it, and it's hard to, it's hard to say necessarily the process. That's why I say like, we'll just sit with it and be with it and say, what is this? You know, what is the reality of this feeling Mm -hmm. that's happening with me right now? Um, and, and it's a process in it. That is the, a process in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and again, the presence, having some presence in your life helps you to start to understand where that all was. Right. And yeah, sometimes that's where looking into the past becomes a helpful type of thing. It's like, okay, well, what was it that, that kind of happened? When did I, when do I remember first feeling this way? Mm-hmm like, what's my earliest memory of this? Right. And that would maybe be just like a good sort of practical first sort of few steps in terms of like starting to uncover what that all is. And in my experience of it, and from having learned my own lessons about where, where my feelings of not being good enough, like originated from and came from, uh, the more I've started to to understand it, the more ridiculous it all actually starts to seem. Right. Um, and the rest is, the rest is just like, well, okay, it's just time and time and process. You know, these things are not easy to undo, you know, because oftentimes these, these sort of demons that we have that have, are creating this fear that are creating this guilt that comes up in our process, uh, 
there we've we've been harboring these things for a long 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 time mm-hmm. so there's no easy way to do it but di- in my experience you've got to dive into it mm-hmm. as opposed to run away from it yeah you've got to face it like you know they always face your fears a token piece of advice there's a lot of truth to it there's never a lot of context that's given to it so it's just you know you never really hear it you know mm-hmm. it's like face your fears what does that even mean? It's like, yeah. well, your fears are all of these little things. And as, and as artists, it is, it comes up as these pieces of resistance, you know, these things that are telling you all of these negative things about what you're doing and, and keeping you from doing the things that you love doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you've got, you've got to look at them. Yeah. I don't Does that, does that yeah, help no, that, at all? That, that doesn't make sense. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's interesting. Cause, I mean, I can relate a lot to that one. I mean, I, I struggled a lot in my life with the not being good enough. And it's, uh, it's interesting how that, that even comes to be a, a thought, you know, I, I really think, you know, from my, um, humble amount of wisdom that I have now, if I have any <laughs> at all, and if I was to talk to my younger self, I would say, well, how do you know you're not good enough? You know, how do you know? Like, like, cause someone said it, well, what does that mean? You know, why are they the authority on the world now? And cause what, you had a bad performance somewhere or you did a shitty piece of art or you made a bad piece of music. I don't know. Like, how did you, how did you come to this conclusion that you're not good enough? Like, you know, are you basing it on some other unrelated thing? And I, I think this is this, you know, I, I know a lot of people struggle with this not good enough and not not lovable, not good enough, not likable, not, not valid, not important, not number one for anyone, whatever. All these things, they, they come up with so many people. And the question really comes back down. I go, okay, how do you know? And I would argue, because this is how I did it, but I would argue that a lot of us do it, and I know I did, from going into our past, trying to create an argument, create some proof, bring it into our future, wear it like a badge and say, well, in my life, this, this, and this happened and this, this, and this, and I wasn't good at this and blah, 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 all in the past. And you just take this moment and you try to make this moment into something that you concocted together out of shoddy youthful logic and put it together. And now you're walking around with this thing. And I think that it's, it's interesting because we create these we create these things. And so then we, and, and I would argue, also argue, cause we're talking about process and progress that a lot of our process is based on our past progress. And I'll just say one thing I wrote for, uh, 13, probably years, 13, 14 years until I got paid. No, 13 years until I got paid for my first script you know, and, and then for a time before that, I think I wrote for about three years, two or three years, I suppose, straight before things just every single day, you don't see progress happening. You don't, you don't see it, but you're in process. You're doing it. I, and the progress is happening. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm the best writer and you know, there's many writers that I aspire to push my, my craft to that level. 
but I'm very, very confident as a writer. I'm very, very confident I can break down a story, I can break down a character, that if someone hires me to write a story, that I can come up with something that has something emotionally compelling that people will want to see. And I, I know that I have that. But that, that progress that I've made to get to this point was by being in process. And if I decided early on that I wasn't good enough to be a writer, which I fortunately never did, I think that it might have helped me not do the process. And I think that's where this not good enough comes from, because that's what I did in other areas where I didn't feel good enough, is it gave me an out so I didn't have to actually work on my process and be in process. But you're in process. That's the other thing, too. If you don't feel good enough, that was my process. But I somehow made that process wrong. You know, that's where you're at. Um, I think that the sooner you can get from being out of the past and the pre- and the future and be in the present, the sooner you can do that, the better everything will be for you. I think hands down that the more you try to embrace that idea, the better off you are. I would say if I could give anybody advice in the entire world, that's the one thing that I would say that I, I would bet my life on. That is the, the one truth that I know in the world. If I know anything at all, that the present is the only thing that you have. Everything else is in your head and it's made up and it's only this moment that can be informed by any of that stuff. And when you confuse yourself of that, you create a very complex world to live in. And this complex world distracts you and takes you away from what you truly want to do in your joy. Um, and you, you know, you worry about money. You worry about if you'll ever be with somebody, you worry if you ever succeed. You think about your your past about, did my parents love me? Did, did this partner I had ever love me? What did I, did I screw up my life? Should I, you know, regretting things you did, whatever you do all that. You just totally mess up this moment, right? So this whole, like not good enough thing is like, and totally relate to this. It's, it's something I go, okay, well, I'm so glad that I went through it for as long as I did, because it's, it's given me a chance to be an advocate, to be someone who can share with other people who don't feel good enough to say, Hey, let's just look at that. Let's just, let's just stop and look at that. But had I worked through it immediately, had I just got through it, I wouldn't be so passionate about it. I wouldn't care about it as much. And I'm, I'm, I, it's interesting the way the, and the, and the way you're describing it too, is because everything you were in was also perfect. Even when you were looking for the right answer as an actor, that was where you're at in your process. And you look at that and you go, I did that at one point in my life, which makes you like, as if you didn't in some ways, like if we never messed up at all. We would look at everyone as less than us because everyone else yeah. is messing up. Right. But the moment we start to see that we were, we were making errors, we can go, Oh, well, yeah. we're all making errors, you know? Well, it's like what you're saying to me, it's, it's like what this has got me thinking is like, well, then we're, we're always in process mm-hmm. and we are. I think that's, that's absolutely true. I mean, if you, it, you're an artist or hell, you're just, you're just living life. You're just trying to learn how to live a happy life. That's an art in itself. Um, but there's, there is, um, we're always in process. And I think that the, the sooner that we can engage with that and recognize that, that we are, you know, we are, and they always say, it's like, well, we're, we're human beings in training kind of thing. Right. And it's like, well, as soon as you can actually really embrace what that really means, you know, that's just like, no, we're not perfect. 
quote unquote, <laughs> no. by any stretch of the imagination, but we are in process. We are, we are figuring things out and I, it's about really being conscious about that, like actively conscious and engaged with that idea that we are in process as opposed to it's something that we just do for like little moments of time. Mm -hmm. If we can grab onto this idea that we're always in process, we, I think we can be more present to the lessons that are being, that are being brought to our attention to the things that are coming up for us that, that stop us, that we tell ourselves the stories that we tell ourselves that, that prevent us from, you know, creating and from being in our joy. Uh, I think that the, the sooner that we can, we can engage with that, the sooner, like the, the more able we are to start to let these things go and be healthier people and be healthier artists. Totally agree with you. Uh, I, there was something I also wanted to to say based on, um, you know, what you're saying about like, you know, the past and like, and the stories, you know, that we've created, you know, we, some event, you know, some person told you, Oh, that wasn't very good. And now because that one person who told you that one thing at one point in time that you did, they, that, that one person didn't like it. You know, we're going to now hear that voice echo in our minds throughout all time and just poison us, Mm -hmm. you know, from, from following our joy. And it's, it's a really bizarre thing. I, I saw this video. It's a terrific video that was kind of circulating recently. And, uh, it's just go on YouTube. It's called you are two. Um, and the two is in T W O two. Um, you are like two people. You are two people. Yes. (laughs) And it was like this video that was basically explaining how, uh, there are these people who suffered, I believe it was from epilepsy like years ago. They don't do this anymore, but to help people who, who are epileptic, they actually severed the connection between their left and right brain. And all of these really bizarre things started happening as a result of it because the two brains are not really able to communicate with each other, but they are still able to communicate to the body. Hmm. Uh, and like interesting things would happen where like, because each, each, um, eye is, is controlled by one side of the brain, right? The left eye is controlled by the right side of the brain. The, the right eye is controlled by the left side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we get the idea. <laughs> um, but they were doing like these, like these sort of these tests and experiments with people who'd had this procedure done to them. And, you know, their left hand, you know, would, they would see something and their left hand would pick something up, right? They would see something over here and they'd pick, pick the, up this object and they'd hold it in front of them. And now and now both eyes are seeing it and the left brain is now watched seeing this thing that's in its hand and it has no idea why this thing is in its hand. <laughs> but the left brain, because it's the only part of our brain that actually controls our speech, the right brain does not have control over our speech. The left brain, and they'd be asking like, oh, why did you pick that up? 
and the left brain would just go, oh, um, I picked it up because, um, you know, I, I, in the example, there was like a Rubik's cube, right? And they're like, oh, I, I've, I've always wanted to learn how to do one of these things. And it's complete bullshit. There's no truth to it at all. Right. But that's just what like that l- the left brain does. It right. creates a story to make sense of something. Right. Even if it's completely untrue. Right. It's a complete lie. So this was like uh, it, what you were saying made me think of that because we do like these things happen from like our past and we tell ourselves these stories about why, why this all, why this all happened, you know, and we do it in a way that's, that is poisonous to us Mm -hmm. very often. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's an interesting thing. It's, it's spread onto a lot of points that I could mention on. One is that, um, I mean, that's one of the things that when I, when I'm teaching story is that we do make things up, you know, we, we, uh, you know, our mind does that. And I think, um, the fascinating thing about studying story as much as that I is, as I have, I start to see how it really parallels in our life. And, um, we will take events that occurred in the past and we'll make stuff up about it and, and bring it into this present moment as though it's the case. And it's like, you know, why are you sitting on the couch watching Netflix? Well, I'm sitting on the couch watching Netflix because I had a hard day at work and I just need to relax. Is that really true? Like, is it really true? It makes you wonder because you go, or did you just create that as a backlog story? And now you're using it in the moment to justify the action. And so then you go, the thing is, is that that's fine. And we're going to do that. But the question is, are you making up stories that are getting you out of, you know, your moment? I think when you get present you go like, and it's really interesting. Like I try, uh, like, especially I'm doing this more and more. You, you get in this moment where you're sitting there and you just go, okay, where am I at? Okay. I'm here. What do I want? You know, what's, what's, what's important to me. You look in the future, you think about your direction, you think about the past, which you've done in the day. And when you get really present with your moment, you know, it's funny because it's like there's shows on Netflix that are really good right now that have all been released and I really want to watch them. There's also things I want to do. I have fitness goals. I have my fitness goals. So that's another thing. I have this script that I'm writing. I have a novel I'm writing. And then I have a script I'm editing. I have three projects there. Then I got my business stuff and my marketing and my blogs. Then I got some friends in my life who I'd like to connect with more and also some family members. So in that moment, all of a sudden, boom, 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 all these options. If you're in the moment and you're connected and you're not creating a story about why you should do whatever you should do right now or whatever, and you get connected, what's my value? What do I value the most right now? What do I genuinely want. That's what's the most comfortable, but what do I genuinely, what would be amazing right now? And when you get in that perfection of amazing moment, you start making great. And I'm not talking great. I'm talking exceptional choices because you know, that story that we created about, I'm sitting here watching Netflix because I have a hard day at work. That's bullshit. That is not true. And even if you've convinced yourself that that's true, it is not true. If you get in the moment you will realize that that story was made up. You know, like you're talking about the brain, the brain does this and it will justify anything we do. Oh, I didn't talk to that girl because I wasn't dressed well enough. Or I didn't talk to him because he was too young, you know, and I'm too old for him or blah, 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 or whatever. 
um, I didn't talk to them because, you know, blah, blah, blah. I didn't go and do this thing. I didn't go to this course. I didn't, I didn't venture out here. I didn't talk to this person. I don't talk to this person in my life because blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. All bullshit. None of it is real. If you check in with the moment and you really connect to what do you value and you start to get clear on like, what are my highest values in the moment? Your highest value will always click and then you'll make a decision. And if you want to subjugate it, fine, but don't make up some bullshit story about watching Netflix when you could be reading a play and working on your acting or doing your painting or writing your scripts because you had a hard day at work. That is not, that is not so. And I think that, that, that uh, video you're talking about is a great example of that because we find ourselves in these positions. Like they picked up the Rubik's cube. They find themselves in the Rubik's cube. That's what happened. Yeah. Right. That's the reality. But we find ourselves in this position. I'm coming home from work and we're almost on autopilot. I came home from work. I got home. And then from autopilot, we start making decisions, but but that autopilot, like coming home from work, wasn't like, we didn't even check in whether we should come home from work. We just came home from work. Cause that's what we always do. Cause you know, they say that, and this is a statistic they measured. The average person is on autopilot 40% of their life, 60%. They're actually present making conscious decisions. They say, and then most people are 40%. They're not actually making conscious decisions. They're doing uh, decisions out of habit. So for example, I sit down on the couch. This is a habit I have. I sit down on the couch. I'll kick my feet up on my coffee table. It's a habit. I just do it. I, I've come very comfortable to it, very accustomed to it. I'm not consciously thinking I'm going to kick even as much as I think I am. A lot of the time I'm just kicking my feet up because that's become my routine. So, um, you know, when you're in, and I'm going to bring this back Pro- process, if you really set on making progress, process is understanding how do I do the world? How do I do it right now? And this is how things changed for me because my process was used to be super attached to material things. And I've tried to break that all my life, super attached to results, super attached to my ego and, and recognition and appearing a certain way, super attached to being like super attached to succeeding, super attached to getting money. Um, and so once I, once I recognized that that was my process, I could honestly look at it and go, is this the way that I want to be in the world? Then once you do that and you admit that, like I call it an addiction, I think I was addicted to these things. So I break the addiction. I go, no, I don't want that. It's an addiction. I don't like it. It's taken away from me. Then I can actually make progress because once you get honest, you can make progress. And I think why people don't work out and people don't work on their craft and they don't do this stuff is because they're not honest about process. They get so focused on making progress, but you cannot honestly make great progress. And I don't say cannot very often, if ever, but I don't think it's possible to make great progress and not be aware of your process. So that's why process is more important. Then progress naturally comes out of that. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. And this video is a great example. We should definitely, yeah, connect, we'll, we'll put a link on we'll to that for sure. That. You know, this is the amazing thing about the moment being in the moment, being present clarifies everything. Yeah. You know, for me, it just makes everything clear. It simplifies everything. And you start to see the, the t- nonsense that's in the future and the past. Yeah. And not that they're not, and I'm not saying don't use them. I'm, I'm you still got to use them. You know what I mean? You still, they're still relevant. Like if you, um, 
you know, if you do something, you mess up in the past, you need to acknowledge that. You don't just ignore it and be like, I'm in the moment. It yeah. doesn't matter. Or it's not like you don't have goals anymore because you're like, Brandon said, be in the moment. Don't be in the future. No, your future directs you. But, but like, if you obsess too much about your goals, you're not present anymore. Yeah. Your goals are simply there as a check-in. You know, they're like, it's that view from the top of the peak, right? Right. Yeah. It's like, I'm like right now I can say for myself right now, I'm getting back into acting because writing succeeding, uh, film, filmmaking starting to take off again. I decided I'm getting back in acting. I'm, I took a year off. I'm going to go, I'm going to go at it again. I'm going to do it, but from a new place. And I said, you know what, what do I want? What do I want as an actor? I want to do a lead in a feature, in a feature film. And I want to do a, a great play. I want to put up a play. I don't care if it's small time play, but I want to do a really great play. I want to put it up. Those are two things I want. If I start focusing every moment on how I'm not doing that, or, and I get obsessed with that and it's all I think about, I'm not present anymore, but I can check in with that. Okay. Like right now I'm sitting here on the couch. So I'm going to take you through a day of my life. I'm sitting here on the couch. I've done all my work for the day for my business, for whatever, all my stuff that's whatever. And I'm sitting there and, and there's this Netflix show I want to watch. And there's this movie that's a goal I have. And I can sit there in the moment and I can go, okay, I can watch this Netflix show or I can, I can do some forward step to get myself making, you know, getting this lead role in a movie. And in that moment is when you make the decision and you go, okay. And so if my, if I have the goal, it stops me from watching Netflix and gets me off my ass and gets me to go do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes, you know, when you have a goal too, it's not a direct path. You know, sometimes the path is, well, um, you know, there's no audition to work on and there's, I've done all my writing for today that I want to do. So maybe I'll go work out because right now fitness, when I get that role, I want to be fit. So that's a part of my goal. It's indirect, but it's still a part of the goal. So then yeah. I decide, okay, instead of watching Netflix right now, I'm going to the gym and it doesn't seem like it's related, but it is related. And it's totally truthful and honest in the moment because yeah. you're looking at your values, right? Well, to me, I think, you know, for, for myself, I think I understand this. I think we're probably going to be talking about the same thing, but, um, my way of doing it is, is by going like, well, what's like, what's the greatest, what, what will, what's going to bring me the greatest joy right now? Joy, not comfort though. Like, yeah, no, but joy, 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 not comfort, joy. Yeah. Um, because sometimes it's not comfortable. Yes. Um, that's what I want to be clear about, which is weird. It's a weird sensation because I'll be like, Oh, like, uh, because I have, I've, I've been coming up against these like moments where I'm just like, Oh, I don't really feel like doing anything. You know, I'll just, you know, you know, I'll watch some, I'll watch some Netflix. I don't really feel like watching Netflix or I don't really feel like, (laughs) I don't really feel like playing guitar. I don't really feel like doing this. I don't really feel like doing that. Right. And then I'll just go like, well, cause then you get lost into this whole thing where you're just like, I don't feel like doing anything. And, <laughs> and, and there's, and it doesn't serve anything. It doesn't help anything. And so then you just go, it's like, okay, well, like what is the most joyful thing that I can do right now? The most joyful thing I can think of doing right now. And, you know, and almost always the answer is pretty clear the answer will come to me. I'll just be, and sometimes it's just like, I really want to go for a walk. I'm going to go for a walk by myself, yes. you know, and I'll do that. I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, I'm one step closer to finding joy. It's like, you know what? Yes. You're one step closer and you're on the walk. Yeah. And I'm on the walk and then you come back and then it's just like, you know what? 
I'm going to sit down. I'm going to work on my book. You know, I'm going to do a little journaling. I'm going to write my, I'm going to write my book. That's yeah. Okay. All right. And it's like, and even if that's just like, Oh, feeling a little uncomfortable, it's like, no, but that's what is bringing, like, I'm feeling the joy of, of doing that right yeah. now. And when and it's process, cause and it wasn't process. just straight to the book. It was, you needed to take a walk first. Yeah. That's process. Cause progress is I got to write my book. I have to write it. Process is right now go for a walk on the walk. You, you, you work it out. You come back, you're ready to write. If you would have tried to jump from neutral to wherever you were to write book, it, it doesn't yeah. work. And that's, I think where, where we negate the, the process. We start to go, no, I need to make progress on my book. Yeah. And that's why process is more important than progress because the process helps you to make progress. Yes. Yeah. So and, <laughs> but it's not, but it doesn't, the process does not work in the same way that the progress does, or at least what our idea of progress is, you yeah. know, process has is it's process. Process you know? <laughs> is progress. We just don't see the progress. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and which is why, and I always just love saying, it's just like, we'll follow, like, you know, follow the joy. What's the most joyful thing to do right now? Because that in, in my experience is what does sort like lead you through the process. Hmm. Like it's the, it's the best, it's so far been my best like measurement and gauge for the direction I need to go in. Right. Right. And it's like in the, the big challenge that I find there is trusting it, you know, because it's like, well, you're going to go for a walk. You're going to waste <laughs> what like, a waste of time. what a waste of time. What are you going to like, how long are you going to be like an hour? Yeah. You'll be gone for like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> now you're looking into the future, poisoning the moment you're in making it wrong. Right. This is how we do this. Yeah. Insane. It's, we're ins- we're insane people. We like are. everybody is. Yeah. Right? We just, we're so crazy. Can I say something about what you said earlier too? When you were saying, I don't feel like watching Netflix. I don't feel like playing guitar. I don't feel like doing this. Right. That was so, that was such a great point because I've been there myself too. And, and what I found is that you are filtering through feel. I want to feel. So everything comes down to feel. So I think when we get bored and we don't feel like doing anything, it's, it's actually a wonderful moment, you know, because, and people go, I'm just bored, but that's the worst choice to make in my opinion, because you might as well go change the filter and you change the filter and you said, I'm going to filter this through joy or filter it through value or whatever you want to call it. And so then it doesn't come about just feeling good and trying to be comfortable. It comes down to like, what do I really like? What would, what would advance my life or bring me some kind of sense of joy or purpose? And then if you filter it through that, the decisions start to become different. I don't think there's ever a reason to really feel bored. If you're bored, your filter is boring. You need to change your filter, the way you're filtering the world. Because I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like doing this. What's your filter? Your filter is feel, right? So now um, when you go, instead of saying feel, change change the term, change the thing, right? And then you filter it through something else. Like, like instead of going like, what would, what would be a lot of fun right now? What would be exciting? What would yeah. be, just change the filter. And then once you start filtering the world, you know, it's all of a sudden is going to happen. This very bland gray, you know, non-defined world all of a sudden yeah. becomes defined and then walk comes out. Yeah, you know absolutely. I, mean? I, I love how you put that. Yeah. Cause it is, it's like something like these clouds just sort of like, you know, yeah. spread out and you're just like, Oh, okay. I can, I can see something, you know, I can do that. It's like, I could do that. I could go for a walk right now. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's all right. That's okay. The thing, right. Like sometimes you're not going to have, and I know this for myself, 
is sometimes you're not going to have any juice in you to write anything down, you know, or you get, you have to sit there and memorize your lines and you're like, I just don't want to memorize these right now. I just don't. I just like for whatever reason, and I, I run the lines over and over and they're not sticking. Maybe that's a good time to, instead of trying to make progress on that, just stop and go, okay, what would be good right now? What would be good? You know, and then maybe go do that for a little period of time, come back, you know, like why, yeah. why? And we talked about this cause we were actually going to call this podcast something about forcing and trying not to force, Yeah. but it's so related, right? Oh yeah. Cause if you force it, it's funny how it all comes around, you know, but if you try to force it, it doesn't work. But then if you're in your process, you start to realize that usually, and I find this very common that the path to where you want to go is rarely, if ever direct, it's usually very indirect. You need to walk over there and then you can get there. Yeah. You know, but if you try to, if you try to go, Oh, my goal's here. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go straight there. Fastest way is a straight line. It's like <laughs> process doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know? Process so, is going to take you a little right. It's going to take you a little left. It's going to take you backwards sometimes. Yeah. And you got to be open to that so that you can move and, and remove the obstacles, both internal and external, but yeah. really mostly internal. <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, sometimes process is like, uh, it's like a, it's like a kitten, you know, it's like, you like can't, a kitten? it's like a kitten. All right. You know, it's like you, if you try and just chase down the kitten, you know, or a cat, you can go full brawn blown cat. Why not? Same thing. (laughs) If you try and chase down a cat, it's not going to happen, man. Like that cat's not having it. Yeah. (laughs) If you, the, like, usually the best thing is to do is like you crush down you and you put your hand out. Right. Maybe the cat will come to you and maybe it doesn't. Maybe it still decides to go off and do its own thing. And then it just randomly comes to you later on. (laughs) Right. But like, you can't, but like, if you try and chase down and catch this cat, that's going to be a nightmare and you'll, and there's, you probably will never catch it. Yeah. Yeah. Most likely. <laughs> you know, it's, it's actually you tried catching a cat. It's insane. <laughs> you know, it is. It's, it's, it's a really amazing thing. There's a, there is a calmness, a, uh, a relaxed collectedness, a p pe- a sense of peace. And from that place, you, you know, I think that you will find you end up getting what you want. People will respond to you more positively. Nature, um, animals will respond to you more positively. Um, you know, we, and, and we haven't really gotten into this too much, but I personally believe that we are sending out kind of a vibration of frequency all the time in the world. And, um, and people are picking up on it. I'm broadcasting and you're broadcasting and everybody's broadcasting. And so when, when you're in the vicinity of me or anybody, you pick up a little bit of their broadcast and their broadcast, when you hear it or sense it or whatever you, however you pick it up, you, you either go, it's like a commercial that you don't even care about. And you're just like, whatever, whatever, whatever. Or you hear something in it and it really aligns with you and you go, wow, I'm interested in that. Or it repels you. It's something that really just goes, no, that goes against everything, you know? Um, and so, and it, what you do with that is what you do with that. But I think we're always kind of sending this stuff out. And so I think that, you know, the world, um, everything is responding to us because most things that we want, if we're honest with ourselves, come through people at some point or another. There's a, I wish I remembered his name right now, but there's a, a entrepreneurial guy online 
big dude, like very successful, very, uh, but he talks a lot about, um, just how to succeed as an entrepreneur. But he was saying for like interns, he was saying, don't do your internship to learn about that job. Like that's, a, that's, that's a given you're going to learn about it, but you're th- like, that's the small percentage of what your internship is worth. Your internship is worth the connections you make. He said, every single time you get a chance to talk to someone, connect to them, whatever. He's like, do it. You know, if you find out that they have a baseball in their office that, you know, has a specific team and you know something about the team, strike up a conversation about it. Talk about that. Make bonds because when you're done your internship or whatever happens, it's going to be the relationships you have that really move you forward. And I think that the, the, the way that we make progress sometimes is negating people. We try to cut out people and try to do it ourselves. It's our ego talking. Whereas if you're in process, you start to realize that, um, sometimes you're not doing the hard work or you're not doing the work that everyone says you're supposed to do, but you're connecting with people. And that's actually the work that matters. And so I think when you get really truthful with process, you start to do things that are smarter. We talked a lot about this in our early podcast about smart work over hard work. And I think that, uh, you know, what you're talking about, this relaxed place, this connected place in the moment place. I mean, it, it really is the key to what we want. It would be working smarter. Yeah, it yeah, is working sure. smarter. Because yeah. rather than, you know, beating your fists against a wall. <laughs> right. Just take a stroll around it. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, yeah. Like... I mean, it's exactly like that. It's like we're standing in front of a wall and we're trying to break it down with our bare fists. And it's a brick wall and our fists are bloody and broken. And you hit it hard enough, long enough, maybe you'll break it down. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll climb over it. But the thing is, is it's, it's almost like there's an unlocked door to your left or you can just walk around the wall and you're like, no, I have to go through it because that's what, it, that's what you, you have yeah. to do. And it's like, no, you don't, you can walk around it. Just walk around it. Like, like you wouldn't walk through a city and try to walk through a building that didn't have a doorway, yeah. right? You'd walk down an alleyway or you'd walk around the block, you know? And, and, and it's, why don't we do life like that? And yeah. that's process. Like when we're walking through a cityscape, it's process, you know? Um, sometimes when you got to walk diagonal across the city, you got to zigzag, you know, from street to street, right? Anybody who's a city person, you know, you know that. Yeah. Um, and so you walk, you, you might walk down one street straight and then you might take a left and then walk down that street straight to it. Or you might zigzag through the streets or you might, instead of going to left, you went to the right or whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But there's a process to getting there. And I think that's how, that's what we're trying to get at here. Yeah. And then like this street is like, Oh, this street's been closed off. I can't get there's through here. Or there's construction. There's a car accident. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, Oh, well, like I didn't need to cross cross this like at this point, but like it's, I don't have a walk signal now, but I can like go across this way at this point. So it's like, you know, there's all of these sort of little things you can do. But yeah, I think, um, I want to use this. I want to go back and use it because I, I sure. feel like this, uh, helps illustrate something I was saying earlier in terms of when we come up against these, uh, these resistances, these, you know, these uncomfortable things in our creative process. Um, you know, this whole wall analogy, you know, it's like you come up against this, this wall and, you know, you can, and I'm not saying like, oh, well, you've got to like, you've got to like beat through this thing and smash through it. No. Cause like, yeah, your hands are going to be bloody and broken and you know, you're going to be in a pulp and you're going to be, and you might not have even gotten through it. 
thing is you come up to this wall, you see it and it's like, well, you know, sometimes why don't you just take a step back from that wall and you go, it's like, Oh, okay. And maybe like you find that there's, there's a way over this thing or Mm. there's like, there's actually a door. Yes. (laughs) There's a door right there. Or maybe it just means walk around it. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's another way around. Maybe you got to stroll around the block, you know, to get, to get around it and see the other side. Absolutely. Right. But there's, it's, yeah, you don't need to make it any harder on yourself than, than it. And there's no, like, and I think what happens is I, I would argue that I think what happens is we, we, we think that there's some point of pride or some type of um, that's how you're supposed to do it. Cause that's how they did it before or whatever idea that you've got to break down the wall and get through it. And, and by doing that, it's a testament to your value or your worth. And it's like, you know, while you're trying to break down the wall, someone else is walking around the wall and then they're going to be on the other side of it, getting what you say you want. And they're going to be enjoying it and moving on to the next wall of their life while you're still trying to break that down. So once you break it down and you get to that other side, did you really do yourself any favor? Um, you know, and I think other than maybe you learned how to break down a wall and you, and you built some strength in doing that or some toughness, whatever, it's like, but if that's not what you're really trying to build, then why do it? Be smart, you know? And sometimes smart is the long way around, you know? Well, and, and the other thing too, is that I, and I, cause I think that we've all come up against, uh, we've all come up against things and we've had, and we've had different experiences in, in which we've dealt with them. Right. And we probably smashed through a few yeah. and gone through it and, and experienced how painful that is. And now I'm learning how to go like encounter these things in a, in a more peaceful way, which is, you know, much less painful. And, you know, you can just as easily, if not faster, you know, <laughs> find another way around it mm-hmm. or through it or, or over it around whatever. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's other ways of doing it. And, um, and yeah, it's just like, it all comes down to how painful do you want to make it in yourself? And what's the point in making it painful on yourself? I don't think there is much point in making something painful on yourself. It is. It's a pride thing. As it you're saying, you know, I like so. there's, yeah. it's this, this strange concept that we have in our society that, you know, it's like no pain, no struggle. I need to struggle to be an artist. It needs to hurt. And well, we just talked like, about that before, you know, the struggle's bullshit. Yeah. If you I mean, can walk around the wall. Why are you struggling? Like you're, you're it's silly, right? And I, I felt like, you know, I always say, and I don't want to cut you off, but I would say that I was one of those actors that was sitting there at the wall, trying to break down the wall, struggling at the wall and going yeah. so hard. My life's so hard, but I'm an actor and I'm doing it, you know? And it's like, meanwhile, you know, the smart people, they're walking <laughs> around the wall and they're moving on to the next challenge. And I'm sitting there going, I'm in my struggle. And then finally, maybe I break down that wall. It's like, okay, there's going to be another wall and it's going to be thicker and yeah. it's going to be bigger. It's going to be taller. It's going to be whatever. And the yeah. thing is, is you go like, we got to, I think what our goal with object, like obstacles in our life, our objective is really to learn how to better deal with obstacles. You know, one of our teachers, one of my, my favorite teachers I've ever worked with was Ted Whittle. And he said, I remember uh, one of our classes, but he's like, you know, you just got to look at it. It's like the most successful people in the world. They look at obstacles. Like, how do I get around it? Do I go through it? Do I go over it, around it, under it? 
Do I step back? Do I even want to take on this wall anymore? Do I try a new one? You know, like what do you, what, what maybe are, there's a reason for that wall being there in the first place. Right. <laughs> and, and, and I really think that that is, um, something that is such a, such a, a great way to look at it, you know? And, uh, I think that that's, um, that's the thing. Like progress is not always forward. Process allows you to see that. But if you're too focused on progress, you're only going to try to move forward and you're going to be blind because all you think is got to go forward, got to go forward, got to go forward. But process says, you know, like great soccer players, in my opinion, and, and uh, many other sports, I'm sure, but I, I'm more familiar with soccer. So I'm just going to focus on that. There, there are players that know how to stop, turn the ball and pass it backwards. They know how to play laterally, not just up and down the field. Yeah. You know, those are the best teams, the best players. And just watch, you know, watch world cup, watch Euro cup, watch, you know, watch hockey. They move it back to that blue line in the offensive zone so much. And they move it around to the other side, to the other side, to the other side. This is more accurate of life. Yeah. Life is not just go straight to the goal. Although sometimes it is when you get a breakaway and you get a chance, you go for that goal, like nothing else. And you put everything you have into it, but breakaways and clear shots at the goal don't happen every day. But when they do happen, take them. But when they're not there, you work it. You figure out a new angle. And the reason why is also you have to remember the world adjusts to you. You know, it's really interesting. Like in soccer, we used to have this amazing forward, this Dutch guy. And he, I think he went to the Premier League. He um, was so good. He's an amazing player that everybody in the entire league knew about him. So when he grabbed the ball, you would watch all the defensemen kind of just start crowding around him. This is amazing opportunity for him to lay off the ball and move it away from them. And our team was brilliant because we had great coaches who said, you know, get the ball away. So what happens is the defense tries to crowd. They try to overpower one guy. If he tried, if he tried to take them on, he'd get checked, runs over, they get the ball, whatever. But because he lays it off, moves to the other side of the field, they have to run back across the field. What we used to do is we started playing like Brazil. Brazil did this for a while in 94. This is back in the day. Well, this is before us, but 94, 98, 2002. But anyway, they were big about this. What they would do is they would run down the wing and they would cross the ball all the way over to the other side. Would land on the other winger. They'd run down. Then they cross it all the way back over the other side. <laughs> and then the defense had to, they had to negotiate. They had to keep running. So they're getting exhausted running back and forth across the field. Meanwhile, what ends up happening is you create space and now this thing you get space. Now you got a clear shot of the goal. And what, but what was so brilliant about that is you start to realize, yeah, like it's not a direct line to the goal and the teams that are trying to play a direct line, they're very limited. Right? Yeah. So anyway, I think, I think it's a great analogy. Those who don't know soccer are like, Oh, let's talk about soccer again, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just kind of like, that's what we're talking about. There's a process. There's a different way to negotiate this stuff. I think sports are, are great in terms of they, they really, they, they are great examples of, of presence. Yeah. Especially at, at like a professional league. Yes. You know, like of, of process and, and presence, you know, and, and you see it unfold in front of you, you know, just like, like within the moment, like, and you do. I, and every team is different. You know, I'll tell you something else. I, just because we're on the topic, um, my team that I played for, we were, known for our passing. Like we could outpass and we'd outrun and we had more fitness than right. anybody. So good ball control, good ball control. 
And we were playing this one team which played kick and run. And this is like top level team. And they were kicking and running. And I remember we came in at halftime and we hadn't scored a goal. And we were the top league on the team. Um, and our coach said, you know, these guys are killing us with this kick and run. He's like, I want you guys to go out there and I want you to play the same game they're playing. I want you to move that ball up the field and let's do this. And we did that and we won the game. And so instead of trying to do everything right, which is pass the ball around, we'd pass the ball around all the way up to the field, all the way up to their defense. They'd kick it back down, pass it all the way up, all the way up, all the way up to their box. They'd kick it all down. Right. And so then we decided, okay, instead of trying to pass the ball up and work it all up, let's try and send our forwards on some runs, send our wingers on some runs. We started doing that. I think we blew them out in the second half, like four goals or something. We went from no goals and couldn't get a break, working so hard to try and set something up to like just reversing it. And so that's the thing you've got to adjust to your circumstances. Yeah. Right. That was a good lesson to learn, you know, but you look at this stuff, it's like, it's all about adaptability. Are you going to adapt to what's happening in the present? Right? Like, like theoretically passing the ball and running out every team was the way to go, but they were running us out because what happens was they, they would kick the ball all the way back up the field, just boot it back out and we'd have to run back. So we were getting exhausted, you know, and we're, you know, so now we're not so good anymore. Right. But it's an amazing lesson. Yeah. I think it relates to what you're saying. Like sports are very present. Like sports teams have to deal with what they have to deal with when they get there. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it it doesn't matter what sport it is really. I was at a baseball game recently and it's like for a sport that's can be like one of like one of the more (laughs) slower leisurely paced, uh, sports, not to take any way, anything away from the skill and athleticism that the game requires. Um, but it is, it's, it, that pre- level of presence still needs to be there. In fact, in a lot of ways, it demands a lot of concentration because there are long periods of inactivity. Mm-hmm. You know, a fielder could be out there for a whole game and never have to do anything. That's what people don't realize. That fielder that never caught a ball and a ball never got hit to him or her out there the entire game still had to be focused yeah. the entire like four hours they were playing for. Yeah. You know? Like, and that's, like, and people don't realize that that, even though you're not physically running around, like in like, you know, football or soccer or whatever, you, or basketball, you're just there and you're present in that moment. Cause you've got to be, you know, you can't be like going, Duh, you know, when the ball gets hit, you're, you're done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and like the batter and the pitcher, they've got to be like, Sure. They've got to be seeing what's going on. Like, oh, yeah. like there's a certain awareness of, of who the player is and you know, what they, what their sort of strengths and weaknesses are. There's all of that work that goes into beforehand, so you know, much strategy, and, and that strategy. Sport, I mean, yeah. in art, we have our, you know, like we have our own preparations before how we do things. Right. But then it still comes down to the moment. A guy's got to throw the ball <laughs> and another guy has got to swing at it or not swing at it. Yeah. And make that decision and make that call in the moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't go in <laughs> deciding what you're going to do until it happens. You know, that's, uh, that's the thing about, you know, when you talk, I think it's, you made a good segue into acting, you know, acting prep, you, you do your preparation, you know, you, you swing the bat, you warm yourself up in baseball, you get yourself loose, you know, you put some weights on the bat, you do what you need to do you practiced, you you earned your spot on the bench, whatever. And then when you get there in the moment, 
you got to let all that preparation go because that pitch is going to come in in whatever way it's going to come in and then you're going to have to swing at it and you got to hope that all the work that you've done before was enough so that you'll be ready in that moment but being prepared you know a lot of the time also you have to remember that these players although they may have seen this pitcher pitch on tv maybe this is the first time the pitchers pitched and they haven't they've never swung against this pitcher you know and so that's what acting's like you know you get in there with your scene partner and now you're dealing with it you're dealing with it and your scene partner if you think you know what they're going to do even if you do like you've seen them do it a thousand times and they're the kind of person that does it a thousand times you totally give yourself a disservice by deciding you know what they're going to do yeah even if they didn't like everything the exact same i think acting is being like so ready that you're like if you make one iota of a change i'm going to be ready to adapt to it that is presence you know and i think that's what we're talking about that's process yeah and presence and process are very closely related and progress is just kind of a result of all that yeah it's just a, your your ability to trust yourself in the moment mm-hmm. of what you're doing and sometimes yeah. i think what we need to do and is i think we need to be in process regardless of our progress yes no absolutely because we are always in process yes and i think we need to be like you know what I might not see any progress or register any progress today. Um, and you might even feel like you went backwards, but I think what, what we need to do is we need to not put our focus so much on that. I think what happens is we get, we're, we live in a very goal oriented culture. Even a lot of people don't have goals. They're still goal oriented. I want to get that TV. I want to, I want to watch TV when I get home from work. That's still kind of a progress, you know, related idea. Yeah. But it's like, well, when you get home from work, then decide if you want to watch TV. Maybe you don't. But if you're deciding at 12 noon that you're going to watch TV at five, yeah. because not out of a value-based thing. Like it's different if you say, you know what? There's a, my show's on. I'm going to watch my show at this time. That's kind of a smart planning, yeah. educated thing. But when you just say, I'm going to go do this, but you ha- but in the moment, be open to the fact that when you get to the home and you think you want to watch TV, maybe you don't want to watch TV and that's okay. Even if you yeah. planned on it. The moment has changed. Yeah. That that happened to me literally last night. Did it? Yeah. You know, I was with my fiance and we were just like, we were sitting down to have some dinner and, and, uh, and we were talking, it's like, oh, like, should we throw, like, throw something on? Like maybe like a comedy or something like that. We're going through Netflix. Like, okay. And we even, we started, we put something on, right? Like it was already playing, right? <laughs> just like not, not very far. I don't think we even made it, made it past like the made it past like the, the, um, like the title screens and stuff like that, <laughs> like the, the studios and the people who made it. And then, and then my fiance just said to me, um, was like, do you, uh, do you even really want to watch something right now? And I'm like, I don't know, actually. <laughs> like, would you rather just like listen to some music and chat? I went, yeah, I would. Awesome. I would. And so we stopped it. We just stopped it, turned it off, threw some music on. And we ended up having like, we just got into like a chat for like two hours. Amazing. Like just this fantastic conversation. And it's, and it's just like, yeah, like it's so crazy. It's just like, it is, it was like a thing of habit. And like, Oh, okay. Like we'll just sit right. down we'll watch. Right. That's my point. It's like, what is like the thing that you want to do that, that speaks to your higher values that speaks to something that's like, makes you feel a little more joyful when you think about doing it. Right. 
and that was in that moment, it was, let's put some music on and like, let's, let's talk. Mm -hmm. Let's chat about like whatever the hell we want to chat about. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. Yeah. This, this, uh, this, uh, this talk has been wonderful. Um, but I'm really enjoying this beer. What, what is this brew you got us? Uh, so this is from red truck brewery and this is their golden ale. Oh, okay. I really like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I sampled a couple of their things, uh, while I was in there and, uh, it was between, it was between, uh, an IPA and this one. So just to give a little, there's this little write up on it. Yeah. Uh, with its orange coriander and honey flavor, drinking one of our golden ales is like marching your taste buds through the middle of a blooming alpine meadow. <laughs> <laughs> so well, this is, this is actually, you know, I got to say the more I drink this beer, the more I like it with every sip. I've liked it more and more and more. And, um, I've, you know, it's really good. It's really, really good. I haven't, I don't think I've ever had anything quite like this. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like a conventional ale and it has almost like a little bit of like a wheat beer thing to it, but it's not a wheat beer. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's got like the right, it's got the right amount of like honey sweetness or whatever to it too. It's, uh, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's not a super hot day. It's kind of a little warm, but it's a nice, it's been a nice beer. Yeah. It's well, you've made a great choice. Yeah. It's been, it's, it's really, I really like their, their location down there too. Oh yeah. Um, and, and you were saying they got some, or the word is on the street, they got some pretty damn good food. Yeah. I haven't tried the food there, but yeah. they've got a really nice setup and like yeah. diner kind of thing in there. Nice big space. And, uh, and I just saw too, that they do, um, concerts. They do live music like every Friday and Saturday and they're doing like a festival in the summertime as well, like outside in their big parking lot, like lots of bands coming in. So I was like, Oh geez. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So they're kind of real community oriented type of place. So that's always, always great. So, and most importantly, a great beer. <laughs> well, we're going to get through just about every beer in this local area. You know, we're going to, yeah. and, uh, we're going to, we're going to have tried everything. So we'll have a pretty good caliber. I mean, I was actually thinking about that because we do a beer for those who don't know, if for some reason you tuned in on this podcast, for the first <laughs> time, we do a beer on every podcast just for fun. Um, because a lot of these conversations started over us having a beer, having a conversation, and then they turned into these really deep, kind of, well, we felt profound (laughs) conversations. Um, and so, uh, we decided, Hey, you know, it'd be great to record them if not just for our own, for ourselves, but, um, maybe people would enjoy them as well. Yeah. I mean, they were, we found them to be, uh, helpful like to each other and for ourselves. Like it was like the whole thing, sometimes speaking out loud, Yeah. except we actually had another person there and sometimes it would help clarify ideas for ourselves. But then, you know, I would hear you say something and, and that's where it all started was just like, it was just helpful for, for us. Yeah. And, and the beer is the tradition of it. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. It's a nice, nice reason to, uh, well, and who knows if we'll always do beer or not, but I mean, for now we're on the beer train and we're, you know, trying out some breweries. And I, I, uh, I think, um, 
if you have a friend and you know, you, you want to connect, go have a beer at one of these local breweries and sit down and have a talk and see what happens. I mean, yeah, you know. absolutely. I mean, and here in Vancouver, we're like, we have an embarrassment of riches as far as craft breweries <laughs> go. Like there's so many and it seems like there's a new one popping up like yeah. every month. We love a craft beer. We sure do. And, um, so if, if wherever you are listening to this, I, you know, check it out, see if there's, there's a place in, you know, your local city (laughs) or the closest place to wherever you are and go and, and go and drink some beer from, from a craft place that's, yeah, that's local and, and trying to do something, something interesting. Um, okay. So, uh, we had an awesome conversation. I don't know if you have any more to say or we could just wrap it up. I, I think maybe this is wrap up time. Yeah. Cause yes. we covered, I mean, we covered basically what our point was, which is that when you, when you value process over progress, you're going to see more options and you're going to probably make more forward movement because you're more open to understanding that wherever you are is perfect. And all you have to do, and this is my wrap up, all you have to do is deal with where you're at honestly and truthfully. And sometimes where you're at means not going forward. It means going right or left or up or down or backwards. Yeah. And from, from that, you'll figure out how to make better progress. But if you're too focused on progress, my personal opinion is that you will only head forward and you will be blind to seeing that you have other options. And that's why I would say it's more important to value process over progress. And further, I just want to say one other note. Yeah. Wherever you are is perfect. There is no problem with where you are. Even if life has not worked out the way that you thought it should work out up until this point, wherever you are is just, it's, it's just where you are. And simply from there, if you're honest about that, not trying to be anywhere else or use pride or ego to be something more than what you are, you can deal honestly with the obstacles that are in your way. And you can, you don't have to go at them the same way you've always gone at them. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's part of the key. So be present and, and trust the process because by, by being present and trusting the process, you will be able to make the massive progress that you want. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and also really, really enjoy your life and enjoy the moment. Yeah. Art. You know, that's when I would leave people. Beautiful. With. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, the big takeaway from this is like, you know, we are, we are always in process and learn to trust that, learn to trust that we are constantly engaged in, in this thing. And one thing I actually, before we, we went to the beer thing, I want to bring up uh, a little anecdote from my champion, Daniel Day Lewis. I remember him talking about, you know, how one of his least favorite things about making movies is, and basically the only thing that he really dislikes about it is having to do, um, like a lot of the, like behind the scenes stuff, you know, like he's on set, he's working and, you know, he's got to sit down in a chair and, and talk about things. And, and he said like, Oh, people want to say like, Oh, what was your process like coming into this? And his answer is I'm in the process. You know, like I thought it just spoke really nicely to what we are we've been saying. It's like, right. it's like, I'm still in the process. He's on set. He's filming. He's already, there's already scenes in the can, you know, like he could be nearing the end of completion. And he's like, I'm, I'm still in process. 
Like until this thing is over, I'm still in the process of it because you never like there's no real end to it. Um, so we're always in process and like what you're saying, like it's perfect. Like trust that where you are is absolutely perfect. And ask yourself, as you said before, is like, like, how is this absolutely perfect right now? And even when these uncomfortable things come up, um, there's this, uh, there's a sort of, uh, I don't know, credo mantra, whatever you want to say that, that just entered my mind that, that I've known about for a little while, but uh, it says, you don't know what this is for. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good thing to remind yourself of. Yeah. I, yes. It's like, and so when these things come up and you're just like, why the fuck is this happening? <laughs> right? Like I was going so good and now I'm just feeling this way about all this stuff. It's like, you don't know what this is for. But the thing is, is that so often you look back and hindsight is 2020 and you go, wow, that was so perfect. Mm -hmm. Like the way this all unfolded was exactly what I needed to have happen. So trust it. You don't know what it's for. Embrace it, you know, embrace it and follow your joy. Yeah. And you know, this funny thing about, uh, about that saying hindsight is 2020. So I recently heard someone say hindsight is not 2020, <laughs> but it's, um, but, but I agree with you in the sense that hindsight is 2020 at a certain point, you realize why it's 2020. Yes. Because when you first pass the moment, you're not always clear on why it happened. You know, uh, you, you, it's so funny because that's the thing about being too caught in the past is that you somehow think that the past is informing the moment 2020, but a lot of the time it isn't. I think what, what you, what you want to do is the past has already happened. You're not changing it. Um, so what we need to do is we need to look at why is it 2020? Why is it perfect? Why is it perfectly helping me for today? Why was like, um, for example, getting my car towed the other day, (laughs) why was that perfect for informing me about something I needed to be able to see now? or in the future that's about to come. Like, why, why did that help me? As opposed to going, ah, oh, damn it. I left my car and I got towed and now it's cost me money. And you know, it cost me this and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But when I, when I look at it as though it's already happened, there's no changing it. You might as well use everything in your past to help you. Why would you ever take ammunition from your past and use it against yourself right now? It's crazy. I mean, you think about it, but mm-hmm. we do it right. And I've done it way too much. So anyway, I, I would just want to point yeah. that out. Hindsight is 2020. 20, once you see, yeah. <laughs> once you see the perfection of it, yeah. you know, which yeah. might not come immediately. No, no. <laughs> All, All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. See y'all later. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.